I V M. BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quint podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. If you were a 90s kid like I was, then we have quite a few things in common. There was Uncle Chips, Ruffles Lays, Tazos, Rola Cola, Cartoon Network, Windows 95, dial-up connections that downloaded stuff at less than 5kb per second, Hulk Hogan, Brett Hitman Hart, and a bunch of other things that I could spend more than an hour talking about. But there's one more thing that we likely have in common. Your parents and mine have either just retired or are close to retirement. Thanks for tuning in. This is BQ Big Decisions and I'm Alex Matthew. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about retirement. How does someone who's close to retiring or who's just retired manage their finances after the event? And if someone's parents are close to retiring, what do they have to bear in mind so that they can help with the transition to life without a salary? Joining me on this conversation is Kiran Telang, Certified Financial Planner and SEBI Registered Investment Advisor. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, Alex. Thanks for having me over. Now, a lot of our conversations on our shows and on our chats, Kiran, have to do with saving for retirement. There's a lot of focus that we give to starting early, the whole concept of compounding. But I don't think enough time is spent talking about the actual transition from earning a salary to not earning one. And it's a big shift, isn't it? Absolutely. That is uh, one dialogue which has not happened uh, in India probably because uh, we are still in that kind of economy where uh, many people are moving into uh, retirement where they have to fund it themselves. Mm -hmm. Earlier on, uh, there were people who had pensions. It was mostly PSU or government jobs or those kind of things. Right. Or you had people who were taken care of by the family. So retirement planning as such and the transition phase was not really something that people had to face or had to discuss with someone. So mm. things are changing now. And that's a very important transition. Yeah. So with that in mind, is there a checklist that some someone can follow someone who's perhaps just retired or is close to retiring? Uh, certainly, each person can create their own checklist. Uh, there are a few factors uh, which need to be kept in mind. So the key uh, issues that most retirees want to look at is having an income through their lifetime, mm -hmm. which could be pretty long post-retirement. I mm. mean, considering the life expectancies that are going up, you need to plan for 30 to 40 years after retirement. Wow. I mean, Okay. You will. You might live up to ninety to hundred. But and a quick, quick point here, Kiran. It's it's not something that a lot of people talk about because, and I would think that a lot of the investment planning that happened in the early years for these people who are retiring now had to do with a different life expectancy in mind, right? Absolutely. So, uh, with improving uh, medical facilities, improving lifestyles, as in in terms of you know healthy eating, exercising, those kind of things do tend to uh, improve your life expectancy. So somebody who's already at 60 will probably uh, live till 90 to 100. Mm. So that is 30 to 40 years after retirement when you're not getting your salary check. Right. So how do you fund that uh, period? You know, that's a pretty long period to uh, fund from your investment uh, corpus. Mm. So that is the primary goal of any retiree. Mm. So not only your regular living expenses, there are other things uh, which come into picture once you are a little older. Mm. Uh, Majority of them are to do with your health. Right. So you need to have something which takes care of, uh, you know, any unexpected 
uh, expenses in terms of uh, healthcare. Mm. So it could be either uh, hospitalization, it could be, uh, you know, support uh, provided at home because with old age, uh, those things do come in where you might need a caretaker or things like that. Sure. So all these uh, are things which require a lot of money. So mm. you need to budget in uh, these things and see how your corpus will support you through 30, 40 years of these kind of expenses. So at what point, Kiran, do you start thinking about these things? Ideally, you should start thinking about them as early as possible. But I would think that the challenge here, and it's quite an understandable challenge, you can't think, it's very difficult of, uh, to think about yourself as growing old, right? You can't think of yourself as having uh, or the requirement or the need for these kind of facilities. So if you can't think of these things, then it's very hard to budget for them. Absolutely. That's why retirement planning as such is a very uh, challenging goal to uh, help people with because you are not able to visualize yourself at that stage. Hmm. So for even for someone who's say at 60 and who's already retired, when we talk to him about his age of 80 and 90, he's not able to visualize himself, you know, being at that age or uh, being in a place where he will need support from beyond family. Hmm. So, yes, it is, a, it is a challenge and ideally uh, you should be preparing. That's why we say retirement planning is the first goal that you should start with when you start earning. Hmm. Uh, most of the people, they realize the importance of it when they probably see their parents or their near and dear ones go through that kind of phase, you know, where yes. there is so much of help required. That is when that hits them hmm. that, okay, you know, this is a reality and someday we might be in the same uh, position. Hmm. So let's talk about this a little bit and and let's talk about people who are retiring now, who have just retired. Uh, they have a whole host of things that they have to pay attention to. So just like you would say that they had to at the start of their careers when you probably would have said, sit down with a pen and paper and jot down your life goals and think about what you need money for. You're saying that they should ideally sit down and do that when they retire as well. Yes, why not? I mean, it is more required at that point of time because you will not have a salary support. Mm. When you're uh, young, you have a salary coming in or you have some business or professional income coming in. Mm. Here, you're totally dependent on uh, your investment to generate money for you for 30, 40 years. That is as long as your career has been. And let's not forget that uh, a lot of individuals who are retiring now, sometimes in very senior positions, are unlikely to draw that kind of income on a monthly basis once they do retire. Yes, it will not be from salary. But if you have been a wise investor, you would have probably built in that kind of corpus from where you can draw an income which is comfortable uh, to you. To lead the kind of lifestyle that you're used to. Okay, so um, very quickly before we move to the next point, if someone's sitting down with a pen and paper and they're trying to understand what are the things that they need to pay attention to, uh, what would be on, on that list according to you? First of all, health coverage. So if you don't have health insurance, look into health insurance before you retire because once you're 60, there are a lot of limitations that come in with health insurance. Mm. So this preparation should be a little earlier. Uh, but even if you have not done it, see to it that you earmark a separate corpus for your healthcare because okay. that is definitely going to come up sooner or later. Sure. Uh, the later, better, obviously. So mm. you need to take care of your health as well. Mm. That goes without saying. Okay. Uh, second thing is you need to uh, figure out how much income would you need uh, on a monthly basis to lead a comfortable life. Sure. So you can probably divide it into uh, things which are mandatory and things uh, which are good to have. Okay. So the mandatory kind of expenses have to be met without fail for your entire lifetime mm. and after you for your spouse as well because there is a, a 
real possibility of a single survivor later in the years sure so it should sustain for uh, the couple through the lifetime mm. and good to have things can uh, be built in as well be a little realistic for example uh, most of the retirement plans what are sold in the market are sold with you know those sunset years and your travel plans and those kind of things but that is not the reality uh, you probably uh, would travel maybe till 75 80 not beyond that sure. and obviously the expenses also might go down in terms of you know travel and other uh, things but you must you, you must obviously but that is not priority you need to have something which will sustain you uh, for a comfortable life otherwise sure Okay. So, so that is priority. Okay. So you said your priority is right. I mm. mean if you spend everything in the first 10 years of your retirement on travel and uh, you know such things you might uh, be in a difficult position later on and you don't really have the uh, chance mm. to get uh, income at that point in time from uh, you know working. Sure. Okay. So Fair have enough. your priority set right and be reasonable in whatever expenses you're setting up Fair and uh, I mean that is the primary uh, thing that you should be looking at. Mm. and of course uh, there could be situations where your children are not yet settled so okay. that comes uh, that becomes a bigger question if your kids are still studying hmm. or they yet to be married so what kind of uh, money do you want to earmark for those Uh, goals i i do want to talk about that in a in in a short while but apart from that do you have anything else that you want to put on that list i think these are the primary things if these are in place the rest of the things are much easier now before we started speaking about the list we spoke about the fact that if somebody has been wise with their investments it's quite possible for them to draw a kind of income after they retire that will help them keep their standard of living and that boils down to the amount of money that you get after you retire there are a lot of schemes now you you don't draw a pension necessarily but you have the employee provident fund in certain cases you have the national pension scheme you have the public provident fund all of these are retirement products and when you retire you have a large amount of money that comes in as sometimes there's also a gratuity that you get uh, from the company that you're working for um what do you do with that large sum of money uh see that large sum of money uh first of all uh it can be quite uh you know unnerving to have that kind of money in your hands because you've never probably seen that kind of money at one go mm. your account balance will probably run into crores yes. at some point in time i hope and so yes i hope so uh, yes definitely yes. so most people are uh, definitely retiring with a corpus of a couple of crores in the apf and gratuity amounts mm. uh what happens at that point is that you feel very rich and you're very benevolent because mm. of that amount of money being available so mm. you tend to uh you know uh, bend towards providing your children or your near and dear ones to help them out with their life situations mm. without realizing that it might impact your own requirements later on sure so be a little uh, careful and think through it before you know doling out money easily from your retirement corpus be a little just a little selfish just you a little selfish. you've taken care of your kids Absolutely. all your lives yeah. and this is now time for you to time take care to be, of your own yes uh, self dependent rather sure. than you know giving out money now and being dependent on others later on sure uh so once you have that kind of corpus as i earlier mentioned you need to uh, really understand what kind of expenses you will have it is not very easy because your lifestyle again will undergo a change you might move cities hmm. after retiring hmm. you might settle down in a new place where you don't really know what kind of expenses will happen but um, uh, once you've more or less figured out this x amount is required per month hmm. that amount should be available in investments which are a kind of fixed uh, income you know so that should come in every month without fail so let's talk about these what are the options available for people to consider yeah so typically uh, for retirees uh, the go to products are uh, senior citizen savings schemes mm-hmm. 
uh, there is this LIC product Y Vandan Yojana, which is a 10 year product okay. and uh, it's a fixed income, 8% uh, return thing. Hmm. Uh, then there are annuity plans so, which are available from insurance companies. So hmm. these are typical uh, products that people go for or postal uh, monthly income schemes. You hmm. know, these are the traditional products that most people go for. Uh, these will provide you with a fixed income every month, but your principal will not grow. Okay. So your principal stays as it is. It stays safe because most of these are sovereign products. These are taxable as well, aren't these they? These are taxable, yes. Mm. So what happens is you need to create a balance between uh, the kind of income that you're drawing, the taxation on it, and uh, covering inflation as well. Because see, uh, you have an X amount of corpus, you're drawing certain income. Mm. After 10 years, that income will probably not suffice for your needs because mm. inflation will eat away into the purchasing power of uh, that amount. Mm. So then where do you draw the balance going yeah. forward? Yeah. So for that purpose, you need to have some uh, amount of money invested into products which will beat inflation, okay. which is essentially equity products. So okay. either direct equity that is buying shares or through equity mutual funds. Okay. So that will give you the balance which you can use later on, say maybe 10, 15 years down into your retirement. But even in equity, there's, uh, you know, relatively less risky options. There's more risky options. The large caps would generally be considered to be less risky than small caps and the mid caps, right? So should you uh, therefore be a little more wary of the kind of investments that you're making, take le relatively less risk when you're investing? Uh, see, the finer points of the portfolio construction will come once your asset allocation in place sure. is in place. So sure. out of, say, 100 rupees that you're investing, uh, maybe 70 could be in a debt that, in, that is in fixed income products or debt mutual funds. 30% hmm. might be in equity. So once your broad asset allocation is in place, then you can go into, you know, what percentage can go into large cap, small cap or mid cap. Now, I get that when you're saying 70, 30, and that's a case to case basis, right? Uh, but does the thumb rule that uh, people talk about hold true here as well? They say that you should uh, take your age and uh, subtract it from 100 and that's the amount, the remainder is the amount that you should invest in equity in the early part of your life. Therefore, uh, the amount of money that you can possibly put into equity is much more than you can towards uh, the latter part of your life. See, it's a thumb rule. So it is not something which will apply in all cases. Mm. Each person, each family is different. The requirements are different. The kind of corpus that they build up is different. Hmm. So I wouldn't say that the thumb rule works in all cases. So it's an so it could be, Yeah, it could be a starting point, a, a broad idea of, you know, how things can go. But you really need to know your own situation before deciding on your asset allocation. And that's something that we stress on, uh, on uh, I think, every conversation that we have on Bloomberg. Quint, your context when you're talking about personal finances, perhaps almost as important as anything else that you would consider because your context is what determines what you do with the money. Yeah, so personal have. finance is more personal than finance. Absolutely. All right. So with that in mind, you, you're saying that you must have a certain amount of equity in your portfolio. But I do know, Kiran, of several individuals. In fact, my own grandfather who invested in stocks very early in his uh, career and he's held on to those stocks and now he uses the dividend income to supplement his income. So what do you do? And this is obviously a hypothetical case. Uh, in the case of individuals who have large equity holding um, and, uh, you know, would you then say that they have to, over a period of time, reduce that equity holding? Uh, see, in cases where the income is sufficient, you need not really uh, go down on the equity because uh, what you're looking at, as I told earlier, was having sufficient income to lead a comfortable life. Sure. Uh, 
whatever uh, wealth is being created that is obviously for the next generation mm-hmm. so in case there is a situation where your income is falling short and mm-hmm. you need to dip into your capital mm-hmm. in that case probably you might need to sell some of your stocks and you know uh, try to put it in places which will generate income mm-hmm. but if you anyways comfortable with your uh, kind of income that you're getting either out of dividends or other uh, instruments that you've invested in you might as well uh, continue to hold your wealth in stocks but the question there and and where i have the doubt is you know you've seen how the markets have been over the last couple of years 2 3 years in the context of somebody who's held for so long there's a significant even if it's notional there's a significant erosion in that capital in that wealth and if they have a requirement for the funds wouldn't they want something that secures their capital once they're beyond a certain age again we go back to the context why do you need to secure the capital when so, okay why do you need it because see going back to the point that you made with regard to your life expectancy you're thinking that you're going to have a requirement for 20 30 years so you don't want to have market volatility take out the capital that you've spent so much time building so wouldn't you want to secure that capital so again it comes back to the context so somebody who's uh, 60 and having a 80% equity portfolio yes definitely we might need to relook at the portfolio but mm. somebody who's at 80 85 and he's already drawing comfortable amount of income the rest of the uh, equity holding is basically his wealth creation which he is going to bequeath to his next generation fair enough so it is his choice whether he wishes to continue with that or he wants to have something which is which he can see that the capital is protected it's entirely his call now having said that you've made it clear that even individuals who have retired uh, and are five to 10 years into their retirement should ideally have some amount of equity because they need to have a certain product that will help them grow their capital yeah so the choice is between uh, living with the risk of capital erosion in equity or uh, you know because of the volatility or living with the risk of inflation eroding your purchasing power it's your choice what risk you wish to live with and when you say inflation just to make it clear it's that you have uh, say 100 rupees and that's not growing every year you're utilizing uh, the amount of money that you gain on the interest on that 100 rupees but everything that you can buy with that 100 rupees is getting costlier and therefore um, you're losing money uh, over a period of time so you need yes. something that will grow that 100 rupees to 120 rupees yes. so that you have more money to protect yourself right now having said this uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the investment products and the options you have with regard to annuities and all of that. A lot of these instruments were designed before the turn of the century and the context then was very different. You had life expectancy people were talking about 75 years. So it's interesting that we haven't changed with the times in that regard, right? So uh, Alex the options are uh, there in plenty is the choice that you make mm. so what happens typically is uh, people prefer something which is safer as in the capital stays safe and they draw an income mm. uh, inflation what we were talking about earlier is not a visible thing yes. you know so it is a little difficult to visualize that you will fall short of money yes. so though people are realizing that they might live longer and mm. inflation is a real problem mm. Uh, now there is a gradual shift happening where people are more acceptable of investments in equities beyond the products which were you know pretty traditional earlier on mm. so the shift is definitely happening gradually fair enough okay i do want to take the other perspective now we began with 90s kids and a lot of 90s kids that i know of 
will now be facing a situation where they have multiple responsibilities. They're taking care of three generations. They're taking care of themselves. They're taking care of their kids who are in certain situations only a couple of years old. And they're taking care of uh, parents who have retired. So what advice would you have for these individuals, perhaps, who have parents who are not necessarily completely financially secure? Uh it is it is challenging uh, to be in that situation where the parents are not fully financially independent so you will have to uh, be very careful of your own investments as in your own cash flows to start with so whatever you are spending uh, you have to be very wise in choosing your uh, you know spends uh, invest a little more keep a little more of contingency fund that is something that can be used in emergency look at options where you can uh, you know at least take care of the healthcare part mm. if your employer is going to cover your parents in uh, some scheme even if it comes with some amount of payment from your side sure because it's a little difficult to get uh, health insurance for uh, senior citizens or it comes with a lot of uh, you know restrictions mm. so it's better if you ca- cover them in a health cover it's a little uh, simpler to uh, you know get the claims uh, if at all uh, they ever come up so this is something that i think younger people do need to uh, look at there are also uh, a, a lot of tax advantages uh, with regard to uh, health insurance and uh, policies for uh, older individuals for uh, senior citizens right yes so, you do get uh, tax benefits if you're uh, investing in insurance policies for uh, you know health insurance for your parents but tax uh, advantages i think should be a by product they should mm. not be the primary reason for uh, doing any investment or any uh, policy purchase and and this is not only pertaining to retirement and health insurance Absolutely. and all For of that all all cases yeah as a thumb rule you shouldn't look at tax saving as the main purpose for investments you know i was talking about what children should do and or, or rather people whose parents are just retiring should do and with that in mind suppose and this is a hypothetical situation you have parents who are retiring in the next 5 to 10 years and you know that providing for them is going to be an eventuality do you start a fund now to take care of them maybe uh, having a separate fund would not be a necessity but just creating wealth mm. which will uh, you know support whenever the need comes mm. uh, should be something that the uh, younger ones should be looking at mm. uh, as i said earlier health insurance is one thing that you can take care of you know so if your parents are retiring in the next 5 uh, to 10 years uh talk to them what is the employer going to provide is there any uh, you know provision for them being covered post retirement also because some uh, if they are working with a public sector uh, unit or a bank they are usually covered post retirement also uh, so if that is there fair enough if it is not there have they bought their own insurance policy mm. or is there a possibility post retirement where you can cover them yourself mm. so those things need to be looked at uh try keeping a higher contingency fund so have sure. some liquidity in your overall portfolio and keep something aside which builds up in equity as well you know which uh, back of your mind you can just probably uh, label it as something for your parents so over a period maybe 10 15 years when it grows that is entirely to support them when the need comes now kiran we mentioned this very briefly and i said that i would revisit it um, there are certain individuals who choose to study um, well you know doctorates and phd's and multiple phd's they're relatively less able to take care of their parents in fact in certain situations parents support their children even after they are retired and 
in a lot of cases you also have marriages taking place once parents have already retired so what should the kids bear in mind at that point of time it's it's a, it's a difficult situation to be in so it's it's a very sensitive uh, area you know both uh, for the parents and the kids because the parents uh, though they know that it's pinching them they don't really want to go back and say no i don't want to support my kids mm. the kids i don't know whether they realize that they are really uh, you know causing a problem where 20 30 years down the line the parents might become dependent on them because the money is being used up for their education or you know whatever reason they are not earning i would think that it it has to do with with the latter in that they don't know how much their parents have saved up because that's not normally a conversation that parents and children have i know for a fact that it's not easy to talk to your parents about the amount of money that they have saved up it's they're not comfortable talking about it so uh, so yes so what happens is generally uh, now i'm seeing this trend uh, shifting where i mean we have uh, people who are senior citizens and uh, they make us as a third party uh, who's you know independent of the emotional situation there uh, talk to the children about uh, the financial situation so that uh, both the generations are aware what is happening and mm-hmm. how it is going to impact each of them going forward so a third party who is independent a financial planner can probably you know get the picture clear and make people realize to what extent they can dip into uh, you know their parents uh, retirement kitty or they shouldn't they should get independent hmm. so it's a very very sensitive uh, area and so it needs said, to be spoken about having said that at the start of the conversation where we said that you should sit down with a pen and paper you should involve your children when you do sit in and make that list of the amount of money that you will likely require uh, they should be equally aware of the amount of money that you need yes on an expense basis they need to be aware many parents are not comfortable telling their children of what they have hmm. because that again will uh, you know get that thing whether they'll ask them for money when they need to start up their own ventures hmm. or they want to you know buy a house so or things a like that issue. so that's a very sensitive issue it has to be taken a case to case basis but definitely these things uh, are very nuanced so you cannot uh, have a general uh, you know advice or a suggestion on how to take this forward so it hmm. depends on Uh, how each family is in terms of uh, being open with each other or sure. you know having discussed money or their uh, financial situations as well in an ideal situation though if you are and obviously most people listening to this conversation would be concerned about their parents it's a good idea to involve yourself in helping them plan it out yeah definitely so a general uh, discussion uh, on you know whether you're okay or is there anything uh, you know you need help with because uh there could be things where uh, parents don't know that they need to talk for example they go to uh, probably a bank and they could get sold a product and they yeah. don't realize misselling so happens misselling happens or you know they get caught into things uh, sometimes there are frauds happening so there are phone calls and they pay money mm. so those are the kind of things that will probably put them on a back foot mm. so if they open up with their kids about these things probably a lot of these things can be sorted out so yes those discussions uh, should be happening ideally fair enough any last points that you would like to make on the topic of uh, either from the perspective of people who are just retiring or people who are uh, helping their parents uh, through that transition uh, so uh, for someone who's helping their parents i would suggest that you first get yourself totally independent i mean try not to depend to your parents retirement corpus i mean you build your own thing and uh, start creating wealth for yourself as far as parents go again i would say that don't be very benevolent in uh, giving away your retirement money to your children for their own ventures be a little selfish there and take care of yourself first like in the airlines they say you take care of yourself first 
in case of an eventuality mm. and then help others so i think that that is that should be the norm when you are designing things absolutely well i i believe that's been a very comprehensive conversation and i thank you so much for joining me uh, today on bq big decisions thank you alex it was a pleasure to all of you who are listening in to this conversation thank you so much for joining in this was bq big decisions i hope this conversation helped you out and in fact if your parents are listening i hope that this helped them out as well thanks so much for listening This is Bloomberg Quint. If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa hosted by Anupam Gupta, Advertising is Dead hosted by Varun Dugirala, The Ronnie Screwwala Podcast hosted by Ronnie Screwwala or Cyrus Says hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello everyone, I'm Zain. I'm Avanti. And welcome back to a brand new season of Marvel's Lost and Found. A show on mental health and its stigma and we're kind of making it an open conversation. Pretty much, yeah, and we're really really excited about this season because we have a number of guests on and we'll be talking about things like addiction, grief, children and mental health. Exactly, children and mental health and our listeners have also written in. Yeah, this time. Yes, and, and thank- we have an episode dedicated to that. Yes and guys thank you so much for writing and we really really appreciate it. And we're really excited for you to tune in on Tuesdays on the IVM website or app or wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can find Marbles Lost and Found on Facebook or you can find Marbles Lost and Found on Instagram as well. Uh, the handle being Marbles Podcast India. Can't wait for you to tune in. Thank you very much. See you guys soon. Filter coffee is a fascinating beverage. You need to pick the right beans, blend them in the right proportion, roast them to perfection, and slow brew at the right temperature to get the perfect cup. Which is exactly like great conversations as well. You need to track down the most interesting minds, get them into their zone, and settle down for an unhurried, unscripted chat. And coffee for me is always, always, always best enjoyed with friends. I'm Karthik Nagarajan, and do share my table. as i meet some of the most interesting people i know and sit them down for a strong cup of coffee and an even stronger conversation join me every wednesday for a freshly brewed episode this is not frappe this is the filter coffee podcast